let us head uh, south, or north depending on where you are, south from where I am, and welcome our correspondent today, uh, David Hill, who is based in, in South Canterbury or North Canterbury. David, morena. Good morning. Yeah, North Canterbury. You're in North Canterbury. I was going to say, <laughs> in the Rangi order. They're a bit geographically challenged, some of my colleagues. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, we all can be. Now, uh, look, we were uh, talking, we were in uh, Kaikoura a little bit earlier this morning talking to the zipline business and just hearing um, how things are fizzing down there after such a stressful, challenging time post-earthquakes and post-COVID. Um, this is one of the districts, Oxford being another, making progress on their dark sky ambitions. How so, David? Yeah, oh, there's, there's been some sort of big uh, announcements this week. Uh, Oxford uh, became the, the sixth recognised dark sky site in, in New Zealand. Um, and uh, in Kaikoura, the, the, the Kaikoura District Council um, voted unanimously to, to adopt a, a private plan change which was brought forward by the Kaikoura Dark Sky Trust and to strengthen lighting uh, regulations in the district plan. And, of course, that will allow the... Uh, the trust to now apply for, um, they want to get the uh, dark sky sanctuary status, which is the top the top level. So, um, so yeah, there's certainly some progress being made there and uh, obviously very exciting for those towns. And, All uh, right, and, and, and so Oxford's what, what, what are next steps? Sorry? What are next steps? Uh, well, in Oxford, um, they've made the, the Oxford Forest Conservation Area, which is Department of Conservation Land, in, into an international dark sky park. And that's just the first step, really, for Oxford, because um, they, they, they want to become a dark sky reserve, which is like, um, you know, over at Tekapo, um, Araki, Mackenzie, um, you've got yeah, Wairarapa and uh, Waiiti and Matasman District are all dark sky reserves, so they want to get to that same level. They have the same dark sky readings as Tekapo, so... So why not? They're only an hour from Christchurch. So they're having conversations with the, the council around the changes to the district plan and and working with businesses. They've, they've obviously set up a trust and um, the the Oxford Dark Skies they call it, and they've became incorporated just before Christmas. So yeah, they're just working away at that. And in Kaikata, um, yeah. So the the council adopted the uh, private plan change. Uh, which means that the council now takes the lead on it. So now it goes out for, it's going to be notified and will go out for consultation. Um, but in the meantime, the the trust can get on and and get the application in, pending you know the the, the plan change taking effect. And and it's just going to make such a difference for Oxford. I mean, you've got the, the obviously the opportunities of tourism, especially in the autumn and winter when it's a bit quieter. Um, it's going to you know the Ted Howard from the Hutton Shearwater Charitable Trust spoke at the council meeting the other day in, in support of the plan change because he can see the benefits for the um, Hutton Shearwater or the TT, uh, which is a bird that's endemic to Kaikoura and is endangered. And, and of course, those birds frequently um, crash land in the town because of the bright lights. They get just disorientated. So if you can change the lighting a little bit, um, it's going to make a big difference for the wildlife. And you know, I mean, it's not going to affect people too much because, as they said, you know, you all they're asking people to do is turn the lights down or, you know, turn them off when you don't need them. Or point know, them or, south is the other thing, things like uh, street lights being directed down yeah. uh, rather than out and across. Uh, what, is really this, simple things. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. The other thing that, that, that occurs to me, though, and particularly with Oxford, is that this is an area where we're starting to see some subdivisions being eyed up, aren't we? Where you mm. could see quite big population growth. So they sort of need to get ahead of that in a way, don't they? So that what anything that's built factors in this ambition. Yeah, exactly. Because the, well, the whole Waimakariri district is, is, is growing so fast. And and it, you know it's because it's so handy, handy to Christchurch and and Oxford. It's only like a a forty minute drive from Christchurch. You you can go and have a look at the shops, go to the cafe. Uh, obviously now you can go and look at the night sky, and um, they've got an observatory there. So yeah, why, why wouldn't you want to pop out from Christchurch to Oxford? You know. <laughs> Hello. Oh, sorry, I put my microphone on. That'll help, David. Uh, now to, now to the, the, the dreaded rates, because councils up and down the country, of course, are grappling with long-term plans, big expenses, and trying to keep rates somewhere under control. Waimakariri District, I, I know they probably don't feel like a nearly 9% rates hike is, is moderate, but compared to some of what we're hearing, where are they at in their planning? Uh, well, they've uh, they they had their deliberations this week, so it, they're pretty well advanced on that. They've sort of got a a number of uh, you know at eight point nine four percent. There's the average rates rise across the district, which is um, as you say, is a little bit lower than some of the other rises that we're hearing that are in the double digits. So it's not as low as it's been. I mean, they've 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 been uh, sort of consistently sort of around that 5% mark. Uh, it was a little bit higher last year, but they've tried to keep it down. But, you know, you've got um, you've got rapid growth in the district, uh, as we touched on before. I mean, the district population's now 70,000. I mean, uh, you know, 10 years ago, it was, you know, just after the earthquakes, it was around 50,000. So that's phenomenal growth. Um, they're, and they're predicting it'll get to 80, 82,000 Plus by about 2034, so that that's going to need another 4,950 houses. That's based on on new houses. That's based on Statistics New Zealand's high growth scenario. But you know, if you're talking 495 houses a year, is, is nothing because they've they've been um, the last few years they've been building between uh, 700 and 900 new houses a year for the last three or four years. So. Um, even even 495 houses a year is going to be a big drop from what they've been at. So, um, how, how do you how do you manage that growth? And uh, they're, they're looking at some roading projects. Obviously, they want some money from from Waka Katohi, uh New Zealand Transport Agency, which doesn't seem to have any money at the moment. Um, they're looking at you know extending the libraries because you know as the population grows, people want more library space and they want more sports facilities. And, and of course, you're in a high inflation and um, high interest rate environment. So it's, it's, it's how do you how do you balance that, isn't it? Well, that rates increase wouldn't be that far ahead of inflation on its own, let alone uh, these other challenges. Well, Makariri, exactly. from memory, is a district that. Uh, oh, I'm just trying to think. Um, I'm pretty sure one of those districts that says actually we have kept up with our water infrastructure, uh, mm. which is obviously the screaming gap in the budgets of uh, some of the other councils. Um, so you know, there you go. Um, let's oh, absolutely. Talk- well, the whole the whole three North Canterbury councils would would say that they're on top of their, their yeah. three waters. Yeah. So it's. Very fortunate position to be in, really. Well, fortunate is one word, and organised might be another. Now, exactly. <laughs> uh, spoilt for choice at the moment for some of the events in North Canterbury, such as? Yeah, well, I mean, Watangi Day on Tuesday. I mean, 
Kaipoi has its annual uh, Waitangi Day family celebration, which has been going for a number of years and very popular. And uh, uh, you know, as, as, as I say, it's a family celebration, so they they don't have the uh, the, the controversy or, or the headlines of um, some of the other um, events up north. But uh, you know, it's it's a good chance for um, different cultures to come and uh, and express themselves. So you have obviously Kapahaka throughout the day. The, Kaipoi High School does a hungi as a fundraiser, and um, it's quite a quite a big event for the community. Uh, Rangiora Bar School this year, for the first time, has decided they're going to do their own uh, Waitangi Day event uh, with um, various cultural activities and kapahaka and face painting and moko stenciling and harakiki weaving. And uh, the Rangiora RSA has a has a annual tractor and car run and. And the Ambly Trotting Club, for those that are inclined, is, is having its annual race meeting at the Rangura Race Course, all on Waitangi Day. And oh, if that's oh. not enough for you, the, the AMP shows are coming back for the for the season. So right. kicking off in Kaikoura at the end of the month. Um, um, where where they, do we go after that? Last year after COVID. Yeah, so that's February 24th, and where do we yeah. go after that? Uh, well, Amuri's on uh, Saturday, March the 2nd. And then Chevy hit the following Saturday. Um, Harden's taking a break this year, but then you've got Oxford on Easter Saturday. So there's there's plenty to plenty to come to North Canterbury for. How long did they uh, take a break for? Uh, well, with with COVID, uh, they oh, of Harden Harden this year. They're just having a break this year. They've uh, had quite a, a a turnover in their committee. I mean, it's very hard, obviously, to, to keep volunteers. Um, so they, I think they just felt they didn't have enough experience to run to run a show, so they're having a year to extra year to prepare for the show. Um, but obviously, all all of the shows were impacted by COVID. Uh, some of them missed a couple of years, and um, but they came back with a vengeance last year. And uh, you know, these these are big events for the for those communities. Um, brings brings the whole community together, and and uh, often, you know, some of them, particularly Oxford. Uh, Gets a lot of people out from Christchurch as well, so you know they bring a lot of revenue into the community, and uh, it's good. It's good to have them um, have, have them running regularly. Just a, just a minute left on the uh, agricultural front. The big drive course is on with the change in weather system that we're uh, heading into for the next few years, and those big nor'westers are, are going to be prevalent. How are things uh, just tracking at the moment for for the farmers um, preparing for and hopefully avoiding drought? Uh, well, I think uh, as, as, as uh, farmers have been saying around here, is, is that while the, the conditions are dry and we are on a restricted fire season, it ha- has actually been a really good growing season. There's been plenty of rain earlier in the season, so as some farmers are saying, it, even if it got dry now, it wouldn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a drought because it's there's still got there's still been plenty of growth. Good so, growth. That's good to hear. Yeah, you're actually in a good position, um, but you know the. The danger is when it get, does get dry, it's usually followed by um, heavy rain and flooding events, uh, which is which is why the Waimakariri District Council, on its long-term plan this year, is is setting up a, a permanent infrastructure recovery team. So that because I think they've spent something like ten million dollars over the last three years on adverse events. Wow, goodness! Unprecedented. So, Again, looking ahead, though. Uh, thank you, David. David Hill, who is our correspondent in North Canterbury.